They come out of the womb with skis on. Yeah, it's a very difficult birth. Skiing. It's skiing a very difficult birth. You have to yeah. give birth to the kid, the helmet, and the skis. Well, hello everybody. I'm Arden Rose, and I'm Will Dobbshit, and you're listening to Crash on My Couch. Which is our one-stop pit stop of the internet. Of all the interesting things that you would like to hear about. Ain't that right, Willie D? That is right. This week on on Crash on on My my Couch. couch. We talk about the top-rated restaurant in London. We talk about the chicken crisis of the UK. And we talk about the skier that made headlines this week as equally the best and worst skier of all time in the Olympics. This week and more on on Crash on on My my Couch. couch. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Whoa. I just thought I'd switch it up. Oh. Hey guys. Hello. Welcome back to Crash on My Couch. Whoa, this is like a weird intro. I thought I'd do it quickly because I was like, we do this, hey guys, every time. And I was like listening to us again in, in a podcast a couple days ago. I was just like, you know, listening to the beginning, being a narcissist or whatever. And I was like, we're really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're gross. Yeah. And we're very annoying. So I just thought, you know. We're obnoxious. We're annoying. But my name's Arden. And I'm Will. And this is Crash on My and Couch. And hey, you're Arden. Yeah, I do. Nice to meet you. Hi. Oh my god! Hi, I've heard so much how, about you. How are things? Um, uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, Last time I saw you, it was oh, two thousand thirteen. Yeah, two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Right, we were at that convention. The it was the human body pillow convention. Cool. Yeah. In twenty thirteen. Got it. Yeah. How are you? You you look worse. Wow. Than you did back then. I think, like, the basic rule of seeing anyone again is that you should never say they look worse. <laughs> I don't think that's ever something you, you know, should do. You we're, know, we're mixing uh, things up here. How's your uh, full body pillow going? Have you replaced My it yet? Full body pillow is great. Yeah? Yeah. It's pretty good. It's been keeping me company. Really? All these lonesome years. Oh, good. Good, good, good. I got one recently that is just um, a neck beard head to toe, and it cool. says Milady, and it's a guy holding a rose. But wow. I snuggle it. I snuggle it every that is interesting. Yeah, it's really cute. Hey, um, don't want to be a creep or anything, but um, would you want to go on a date sometime? Maybe we could take our human body pillows with us. Yes. Oh, a, I've been waiting for you to ask. On a little double, double date. Yeah, I've been waiting like five years thing. for you to ask. You could set your pillow up with my pillow. And yeah. Maybe we could talk a little bit. That'd be cute. Yeah. That'd be cute. Where would you want to go? Um, Do you like? Okay, let's say let's say where we want to go on the count of three. Let me give it a second. Okay, think about it. Ready? Wait. Ready? Three, two, one. Big Al's Pancake World? Question mark. Big Al's Pancake World. Nando's. I could do either. So, but what that means is we need to go to Roscoe's Waffle House because that's basically a combination between Nando's and Big Al's Pancake World. Which, by the way, Big Al's Pancake World is a fictional world in Gilmore Girls. Cool. So, um, there you go. Great. Well, can I grab your number or maybe you could? No. Oh. No. So how will we? You'll know. You'll know when it's time for it. I guess I'll just see you there then. Yeah, you'll know. Cool. Should we now do the podcast? Yeah, and we stop, should do. Stop doing we this. We should stop doing this yeah. bit. It's a bad bit. Yeah. And we should probably just get into the podcast. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Um. Hi guys. It's Crash on My Couch time. Hey. Welcome back. Hey Tuesday. I don't know what's happened this week. Something terrible could have happened. I don't know. Monday. Wait, we could do like a radio DJ voice. Like I don't know. Wait, like wait, no, wait, wait, no, no. The radio DJ thing is that you just get 
really close you to the get microphone. really close. And I don't know where you are listening to this, but I hope you're having a smooth, smooth ride. I hope you're having a solid Tuesday morning, cruising down the 405, wind blowing in your On hair. On Soul 1962. That's good. Soul 98.5. That's B98.5, which is an actual radio station. Is it really? Yes. Don't listen to the radio, though. Podcasts are better. Hope you're uh, having a mighty fine morning. <laughs> mighty fine Or maybe morning. a mighty fine Ethan. Who knows? Who knows? But wherever you're at right now. We sound like we're doing the beginning of Han, cold, warm on a cold night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're just, we just really want a voice like that. I would love yeah. to be able to talk like that. I'd love to have a soulful voice. Very sexy. I'm just sort of like tinny and nasally all the time. Yeah, I'm, I have a horrible voice. <laughs> no, it's... you don't. You have a beautiful, buttery voice. Don't ever be down I'm... on that beautiful, buttery voice of yours. This voice is buttery. Beautiful, buttery voice of yours. Buttery. Buttery, flaky crush. Okay. Anyway. It's a buttery, great. flaky crush. Um, anyway, hope you guys are having a cool, cool, a solid time cool in a week. day, cool morning. Solid um, time in a week. I hope you've gone to see Black Panther finally after we told you to so many times in the last podcast. Whoa. I love how you're connecting them back. I'm referencing. There's a through line throughout <laughs> the podcast. It's almost like I'm trying um, to give our listeners something to cling to every episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, as always, for sending stuff into our Twitter, uh, COMC Podcast, at COMC Podcast on yes. Twitter. Um, we'd love seeing what you're sending in, so thank you very much. Let's get into the first segment. Ooh, Let's like, get into whoa, the first segment. Okay. <laughs> you really peek in here. Okay. I can hear you really okay. loudly in Sorry. my ear. Um, I, was, I went from smooth radio guy to sports ESPN Yes, man. you can do that. Just do it further back so I don't hear but it. But then these lovely people don't hear me doing it. They still hear you, trust me. No. It's just a little further it back. Sound very good. Maybe back here then. I'm just saying, don't don't sound, project this closely. It doesn't sound very good. Well, you know what? It doesn't sound that good when you're screaming directly at your ear. Let's get ready to rumble. Okay, sounds great. Um, um, so we've got a really, really, really fun weekly idiot to talk about. Oh yeah. Well, it's yeah. So this segment is weekly idiot. Weekly idiot. Weekly idiot. It's the weekly idiot. Yeah, it is. Obviously. Um, But it's sort of not even really... It's not really a weekly idiot on this person's behalf. It's more like the entire Olympic system is the weekly idiot. Because someone jumped the line. Well, ski jumped the line and made it into the Olympics without any qualifications. Nice. This person is my new hero. Um, This was a Twitter moment. And also a lot of other news articles picked this up. Um, but yes. But did someone send this in? We need to add a gold star, I think. I think we do. Yep, here we go. Um, this is Lois. At Lois underscore Talia sent us in this Twitter moments. And she said, what a story. Clappy hands, crying, laughing face. What a lady. Thank you very much for sending this in. Mm-hmm. Arden, add her to the toast extravaganza list. I am. Lois? You have just been given a gold star. Thank you so much. I just want to we point need out. We like a sound effect. I know. We need like a. Can we, can we do like a. Um, by the way, Nicole is winning right now with three gold stars. Nice. See, there is me yeah, allowing, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> allowing the noise okay. to be there. Um, moving on. Let's talk about this skier who is a completely average skier that somehow made her way into the motherfucking Olympics. Okay, so tell me a story. Give me the background to this. 
Okay. This is also, by the way, really reminding me. Do you remember when those Australians got into the golf competition in North yeah, Korea? Yeah, that was so funny. Do you remember we talked about that a little yeah. bit? And it was so Australian. The, ga- the way the guys were talking about it. They, they like, just kind of wound like, up there. Yeah, we just, you know, we just kind of went on a mad lads run and then we just never stopped. Yeah. And they like didn't get imprisoned. That was the most impressive part about the whole thing. Um, but anyways, so this is sort of a similar thing. Viewers were confused when they saw Elizabeth Sweeney of Team Hungary drop in for skiing halfpipe and casually meander back and forth in a trickless run. Sweeney, an American, found a loophole in the qualifying system. By attending every World Cup qualifier with the strategy of finishing without failing, Sweeney got an Olympic bid to Pyeongchang. U.S.-born Elizabeth Sweeney used a loophole to land her spot at the Winter Olympics, competing for Hungary in a free-ski halfpipe. Oh, my God. So this guy isn't a weekly idiot. He is the weekly genius. But the people that she let him in. Is, she is a weekly genius. She's a weekly genius. Yes. Yes. Um, What's her name? Uh, Elizabeth Sweeney. Elizabeth Sweeney. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth has killed it. Um, She's hilarious. She's American, and she was on the Hungarian team. That's the best part to me. Also, she doesn't really – like, I'm watching this video of her right now. She doesn't – totally want to like like she's not that great can she, she's you, all right what do you mean like, like she, it's like if adrian went went skiing in the Olympics. but adrian's really good at skiing let's do she sort of like this is her so she's just kind of going up and down yes she did what you're supposed to do is go, go up the side of the half pipe do like a fucking flipping shit like light something on fire and then come back down i'm pretty sure whereas, that's how the olympics okay go. right whereas she's just kind of like meandering just, down just Going down She's the course. She's just chilling. She's more just making a statement that it's really easy to get into the Olympics if you just game the system. That's so funny and so, like, so weird. Because everyone talks about the Olympics, like, that it's, I mean, it is obviously the feat of sports performance. <laughs> that's the word I'm looking for. Just sports works, too. Um, just sports. But, yeah, that's nuts that someone who is an amateur can just smuggle the way in. I could do that. And I can't even ski very well. In fact, I definitely can't ski well. Yeah. Me and Arden went skiing with a bunch of our friends recently. I think we've spoken about this on the podcast. Yeah. I uh, was better by the end of the trip. You were, you were to good. Begin with, you were good. Not solid. You were unconfident. You Maybe were worried. Maybe I could try and do this, though. Maybe yeah. I could smuggle my way in. The only reason you were even bad was because you were worried. The moment you stopped caring and you weren't concerned anymore, you were doing great. I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you fall, no, not a big deal. If I break my arms, it is what it Fuck is. Fuck it. I don't need my arms. <laughs> it's fine. I don't know why I break my arms on my legs, but, you know. <laughs> whatever. Honestly, you're probably more likely to break your arms than your legs when you're skiing. Really? Yeah. I had a friend who broke her wrist the second night she ever skied. So that's good. Oh. Um, but anyways, so basically, just to give explanation, this is on um, NBCOlympics.com. I love that the Olympics are also, like, fessing up to this fact. They're not trying to hide the fact that someone gamed the system. They're like, hey, so something kind of crazy happened. Yeah. So this is on NBCOlympics.com. Um, first, a little explanation about Olympic qualifying. So if anybody else wants to game the system next year and try this out, just here's the, here's the how-to. Um, this year, there were 24 quota spots available for the Pyeongchang Winter Olympics in women's ski half pipe but those spots don't automatically go to the best 24 skiers in the world interesting the maximum number of skiers that each nation can send to the olympics for women's half pipe is four so a country like the u.s which had six skiers ranked inside the top 20 of the olympic qualification standings could only send their top four skiers even though they had more than four athletes who earned the quota spots so if that makes sense yeah you can't have like because honestly a place like switzerland would 
fucking decimate the rest of the world probably right, right. because they would just have like 20 skis they, they that just, were amazing. They, they come out of they come out of the womb with skis on. Yeah, it's a very difficult birth. Skiing. It's skiing a very difficult birth. You have to yeah. give birth to the kid, the helmet, and the skis. It's so and difficult. In fact, there's like a slope. So there's when a you slope, come out, you just you just slope, slope down out. into the into either just like the regular hospital, the ICU, wherever you need yeah. to go. You actually have to ski down into it as a baby. Yeah. So this this you know the Swiss have a the Swiss have a very interesting beginning of life. You also come out with skis on. That's what I'm saying. It's not possible. I don't know how it's possible, but, but that's it what I'm saying. They ski down. They ski down the slope of their mother's vagina. Nice. into the ski slope that's inside of the hospital cool. as well. Cool. Yeah, all Glad of it we makes <laughs> all of it makes logical about. sense. Good. Um, but anyways, aside from the ski births that are also in, the, it's actually a new Olympic sport that's coming out is ski birth. Um, and I think it's very impressive. But either way, yeah, so, I think ski births are probably. If I had to get involved in any any ski related sport, I would get into ski birth. I think my child could do well. Yeah, I think my child could probably do well. Do you want to have a ski birth baby? Now I have a question. Um, when you're performing a ski birth, yeah. uh, is the slope a black slope or more of a green Ooh. slope? I guess you've got to start them off easy. I think it's a red slope. You think it's a casual red? It's uh, also a play on the fact that there's a lot of blood and horrifying I stuff mean, happening around birth. I didn't think about that, but... Yep. It's nice. a red slope. It's a red slope. See, I made a joke. It's a treacherous um, red slope. Yes. Um, but also, babies are babies, and they're dumb. So, like, they need a pretty easy slope. That's true. Even if they are Swiss babies who are exceptional Maybe it's a red slope that kind of goes into a bunny slope. Yeah, I don't think there's, like, slaloms on the birth no. slopes. And that's why they don't call them baby slopes. They call them bunny slopes because they can't call them baby slopes because those already exist, and they're all in hospitals. So if you look up baby slopes, it takes you to hospitals. And that's not the same thing. Cool. Okay. So you have to look up bunny Let's slopes. Let's move on. Okay. Now we're done. Now we're done. Sorry. <laughs> so, so sorry. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you how you can game the system and become an Olympic athlete. Okay. So basically, it's very self-explanatory. Because there are only 24 spots um, and because there are about 1.5 million countries, a country can only send four of their top. Okay. That's, that's the highest. Um, how many how many countries out of interest are in the world? I feel like this this is something I should know. How many countries? Yeah, hundreds of thousands. Fuck off. Yeah, hundreds of thousands. Definitely, there's at least n- hundreds. Because there's little countries everywhere. There's little sovereign states that count as countries. I just I feel so stupid not knowing this. How many countries are there? Cool, great question. Hundred ninety five countries. What? Yeah. Oh, I just assumed Hundreds they were like... thousands? What world are you living in? Are <laughs> a we, world are with we, a are lot of like, countries. Are we in like Star Wars land <laughs> where like there's planets? <laughs> Fuck. I'm just counting all the alien planets as well. How do but I still, save 195 myself? seems like... I guess it doesn't seem like a... doesn't seem as many as you, you think it is. So 195 is a lot though. There are only seven continents. Like you could think... Like you could think of like 20 countries. Like you <laughs> couldn't think of 195 <laughs> countries. You know what I mean? Well, let's go through... Okay, so this entire podcast no. was just go through all the countries we know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's let's play the game of which continents are we ignoring because we don't know the countries within yeah, those continents. because we're privileged and stupid. And I know USA <laughs> and Canada. And I know the UK and... Five European countries. <laughs> that's that's it. And Wakanda, which is a real country now. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so so countries like the U.S., which had six skiers ranked in the top 20 of the qualifying standings, could only send their top four. Yay. So with countries like the U.S. having to forego their extra quota spots, some countries not using all their quota spots and other athletes pulling out due to injury, the invite list made it all the way down to athlete number 34 in the rankings, Elizabeth Sweeney of Hungary. Right. Sweeney... A 33-year-old from California is technically American, but she's able to complete for Hungary because her grandparents are from there. She originally represented Venezuela when she first started entering World Cup events in 2013, but she began competing for Hungary in 2015. Wait, so she's she's tried to game the system in the past? Or is yeah. she actually competing for Venezuela? This woman is an interesting woman. The International Ski Federation, FIS which governs the sport, had, has minimum requirements for athletes to be eligible for the Olympics. They include finishing in the top 30 at the World Cup event and scoring a minim- minimum number of FIS points. Sweeney met those requirements. The field for women's halfpipe is not very deep, so many World Cup events had fewer than 30 athletes competing. So as long as she showed up and dropped in for a run, Sweeney was guaranteed a top 30 finish and at least a few FIS points, and that's exactly what Sweeney did. She was able to use very basic runs to get herself into position to qualify for the Olympics. She wouldn't necessarily attempt any tricks, but she wouldn't crash either. She would compete in World Cup events consistently over the last couple years, and sometimes girls would crash so she would not end up dead last. Which is actually kind of an impressive thing to do, just to recognize that people are going to fuck up. So, so you're just, just not going to even. The person that doesn't fuck up. Yeah, because actually losing points from fucking up is worse than just not doing the trick in the first yeah, place. Yeah, than just not being that good. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't clear the lip of the half pipe. She didn't grab her tricks. She didn't spin anything beyond a 180, but she didn't fall. Her first run featured five straight airs, an alley-oop 180, and then another straight air, the sort of run that you might see from a weekend warrior at your local ski resort's halfpipe. It scored a 30 and placed her 22nd out of 24 skiers. She still beat two people. That's impressive. Sweeney cleared things up enough on her second run to bump her score up to a 31.4, but by then she was firmly in last place. I didn't qualify for the finals, so I'm really disappointed with that, Sweeney said afterward, according to Reuters. But I worked really hard for several years to achieve this. Aw. Sweeney, whose other notable exploits have included a run for governor of California as a 19-year-old and an attempt to become an Olympic skeleton athlete for Venezuela, insists her motivations are pure and says she hopes her trip to the Olympics can be an inspiration. What an amazing woman. I know. How a, funny a, is what that? What a crazy... A crazy lady. I know. She was basically saying, I put in time and effort to do this. Even if I'm not great, I'm still trying. So it's not like I'm she's not trying to make a mockery of the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just trying to show that anyone can make it to the Olympics. It's it's supposed to be more inspirational than than upsetting, if that makes sense. I see, I see. She's not trying to like pull down her pants and have like like a fart noise come out of her butt while live on air. Cool. Um <laughs> Moving on to our second segment of the day is a juicy one. Which one? Oh, is that a chicken joke? It's a chicken joke. Oh. Um, and that is... What, what the, the fuck, fuck UK? UK? What? what? Where does this come from? We, yeah. We did a uh, story about the crazy KFC obsession in Japan. Yeah. So a lot of you have been sending in this, this story about KFC, so we, we thought we'd integrated in yes because we did talk we did have a whole conversation about but it's in the uk but we're we're trying to put it in because it is really really funny it's hilarious and it's worth talking about and also we're going to feature a really cute funny interview with a little kid so Uh Arden, um 
We actually have two people that have sent this in, so we get two gold stars. Whoa, who was it? For these people. So one of them is Lois. Thank you very much, Lois. Her at is Lois underscore Talia. Talia. She got two gold stars today, then. Four. Lois, you coming in? Wait, what? What else did she do? <laughs> she put in the skier one. Holy <laughs> crap, Lois! You're gaming the system. Lois is gaming the system. Lois, you want that toaster bad? Whoa! It, it's Nicole, our front runner, has three gold stars, but Lois has two now. So that's a pretty big deal. Your toast is going to be toasted. Whoa. Well, actually, it's not toast because it's not toasted. What? So your bread is going to be toasted, right? Nailed it. Because you can't toast toast because it's already toasted. I mean, you could, but then you burn it. So technically you're burning toast. You can't toast toast because you burn it. What? You're right. I love it. That's so deep. So um, All right. the, All other, right. the other person that chimed in was uh, Shona Ironside, which is, which is an incredible name when you think about it. Sho- Shona? Shona Ironside. I Shona? wish I was called Ironside. Uh, yeah, her at is Shona, which is S-H-O-N-A, Ironside. Shona Ironside. That's a sick name. Yeah. Shona Ironside. Okay, more like Shona Eye on the Prize. Thank you, Shona <laughs> Ironside, for sending this in. Um, Amazing. You're great. Lois is great. Lois, two gold stars for you, lady. Yeah, we just, uh, we, we've got a, quite a little, I'm not kidding, I'm keeping track of all of these and your ads so that we can try to, we're going to really try to peddle we're this toaster really on you guys. We're really going to try and do this toaster Yeah, thing. it's going to be like, like see-through. It probably might not definitely work out, but <laughs> when we do send the toaster out, we're going to be doing some interviews. Yes, if you do receive the toaster, you do have to agree to pay for your own flight to California <laughs> to, come and, to come and talk what to I, us. What I really want is to send the toaster and then we do a little bit about your review and what you thought the toaster yes. was like. So we might call in and ask you to give just a brief summary of how, how the toaster's changed your life. How's it gone? Is it broken yet? That you know sort of when thing. people like you know like win the lottery or they you know make a million dollars like something yeah like get an they, amazing they, film they, role. they win something yeah and they check in afterwards and you go oh, how's the experience and they go it's great that's what we want with the yes. toaster same thing like you know when you get to have a date with Harry Styles they go well how was the date with Harry Styles same thing with the toaster how was your date with our toaster cool also we're taking the toaster back as well good so um, <laughs> just kidding you get to keep the toaster this. Uh, KFC segment. Oh, right. Um, That's what we were talking about. It's really ridiculous, actually, because South Park actually did this in an episode a couple of years ago. It's still one of my favorite South Park episodes. Really? Yeah. I remember we watched it. was the medicinal fried chicken episode where South Park were parodying um, medicinal marijuana places, dispensaries, but they were doing it with chicken. And they were making it, like, illegal to eat chicken. Yeah. So you couldn't eat chicken. Carl Sanders was behind all of it. And he was, like, the godfather Whoa. He plays the Godfather, and he's like a mob boss. Shit. And Cartman gets thrown up into this world of medicinal chicken. It's Shit. really, really funny. Do you want to watch it when we get home? Yeah, it's the bad thing. What basically happens is KFC's banned, and so they all Ooh. start to find like back alley ways of getting medicinal fried this chicken. This is I'm I'm gonna say this just real quick. But this is the plot of a comic book series you got me really into. Yeah, there was this other um, comic book I I really liked. And if, guys, if you're into it and you don't know about it, it's called Chew C H E W, and it's about a guy, I think he was a, I think he's called a sibiopath. And whoa, good for you for remembering this yeah, shit. It was really cool, and he, it's basically set in the future where the FDA um, are also in charge. It's not called the FDA; it's called the F C A, Federal Chicken Association, or, or F F A, F F A. Yeah, where it was like the federal food age or something like that. FDA, Federal Poultry Agency. It was like chicken, chicken and meat. I think it was chicken or meat got banned. It was, it was chicken. 
It was chicken. It was just chicken. And chicken got banned. And because of a really bad salmonella outbreak. There was this, yeah, this horrific virus that people were eating and it, and it killed a number of people. So now chicken's banned. Yes, but then it creates this black market of yeah. chicken. And the reason why this detective gets called yeah. in is because he can eat things and then remember how they, like, remember the past. Yeah, he of can, this he can see, like, what, how they came to be. But it's amazing because it is about, like, it's like parodying drugs, like FDA. Like it's about this like guy they break down the just door. trying to crack down chicken. Yeah, he's trying they... <laughs> to find these backdoor chicken restaurants. They like break down the door, and it's just a bunch of. It's like uh, it, it is seemingly a bunch of meth heads, but they're all just like crowded around chicken. Yeah, and it's like it's it's so just the, really good. This is kind of in the same vein as that. So yeah. apparently, in in the UK at the moment, um, nine hundred stores in the UK and Ireland are closed because they're running out of chicken. Whoa! Why are they running out of chicken? Um, let's just have a look. So the reason why is. Fast food fans were in a flood on Monday, and this is on uh, AP News. After most of 900 KFC outlets in the UK and Ireland were forced to close because of a shortage of chicken, the company apologized to customers, blaming teething problems with its new delivery partner, DHL. Teething problems? Th- DHL. So it was like they have a new delivery partner. Oh, and, and I it's guess not. It, it sounds like the logistics weren't working out. Oh, no. KFC first apologized for the problems on Saturday, and an update Monday, it listed almost 300 stores as open, did not say wherever the rest would join them. Oh, God. Wow. Okay, so UK, low on chicken, DHL, screwing it up for people. <laughs> uh, screwing it up for people. So as a result of this, like, people are going fucking crazy. What do you mean? Like, what's the response been? Because people can't get their chicken. So I haven't been to a KFC in, like, since I was a child. Really? Yeah, when was the last time you went to KFC? Oh, yeah, you're right. I, I, don't, I can't remember the last yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. CNN film, like, I'm. this is so funny because there's a Twitter moment, like, I'm listing, like, general highlights from this whole saga. <laughs> and it's just, like, this series of people just being really, really outraged. Um, so much so that they contacted the UK police on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, the UK police had to es- uh, issue a statement. Please do not contact us about the KFC crisis. It is not a police matter if your favorite eatery is not served the menu that you desire that is amazing um, that is, you know what though i appreciate that kind of um that kind of news article in a world like today because it makes me happy that there's nothing more serious going on puts things into perspective yeah yeah it makes me happy though that there's not something scary going on because this is what we're concerned with neil uh coyle a labor mp for bermondsey and old southwark uh he was contacted by a number of disciplined customers on High Street SE1 and Woolworth Road SE17 today about the chicken shortage. No, so people he was are, confronted? People are contacting the local MPs in the UK, you know, in Parliament to be like, cool. Hey, guys. Where the fuck is our chicken? <laughs> uh, over in Kent, which is in the UK, a KFC customer filmed workers smuggling raw chicken in the back door amid delivery problems. So a KFC customer film workers smuggling raw chicken. Uh, the video, which has been shared hundreds of times on Facebook, appears to show employees at a branch in Aerith carrying boxes containing black bags through the fire door. So it's it's almost like... They're smuggling. So I guess what's happened as a result is because they can't get the chicken, um, a number of the people that work at these establishments are going out to local butchers or uh, backdoor chicken places to find their find their food. Whoa. Um, a representative for KFC approached a butcher shop in Harleston, North London, asking to buy all of their chicken. A source told BuzzFeed News it is understood the shop refused the request. Whoa. There's a chicken war out there right now, guys. Yeah. What? Well, you know what I'm going to say? What an easy way to go meatless for a week. 
That's so true. Let's just not – then, yeah, just don't eat chicken. Don't eat chicken for a little while. Just, you know, take a little breather. Do a veggie week. Pret has a veggie section that's pretty great. Just go to Pret instead. Get yourself a little veggie wrap. You know, have a good time. So also, I find it, like, really crazy that, like, in this day and age, KFC, like, this whole crazy fast food chain can have problems like, that. like this where they can't get their food. Yeah. Like, we can't. What a screw up. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Like, what a screw up for that to have happened. Like, it's not like they're serving anything. The one thing they're known for serving is chicken. Is chicken, and they do not have it. And they do not have it. But it's also interesting because don't they have like chicken cottages and stuff all over the UK? You can get shitty chicken anywhere. Why does it matter that it's from KFC? But it's so funny reading it because I also think about that South Park thing because I just immediately have so many images in my head of like just like a mob boss like being like, oh, I'll give you a chicken if you do a little something for me. <laughs> yeah, what does he say in the Godfather? He's like, um, one day I'm going to come to you with something, or like he says one, it. One day, what yeah. is it? What is it? It's, it's like not that. a request. It's one day I'm going to need you to do something for me. Yeah, and I expect you to say yes. It's, I expect you to come to my side someday, and that day may never come. I will call upon you to do a service, but until that day, accept this justice as a gift to my daughter's wedding day. As a gift. Nice. It's a gift. I just think about that in a, in a chicken context. It makes it way funnier. I do agree. Um, cool. So there has been uh, one person that has been completely outspoken about the chicken shortage. And this is a little girl um, who... This is a strong woman who wants her chickens. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the, play the audio for it because it is hilarious. This mm-hmm. little girl's gone to a chicken shop and she's outraged that she can't get a chicken. <laughs> I don't look sad, but I really am disappointed. I'm mad at KSC. They should at least... I mean, like, look at them. They're just chilling. They're happy. Sorry, we're mad with them. We want to get in there, sit down, have some food, but we can't do that today. Sorry, but I'm mad at them. And you know what? We're mad at them too. We're mad at them too for you. We hear you. I'm sorry you couldn't get your chicken nugs. Um, Stay patient. Stay hungry. We believe in you. We believe in you. You know, get get past it. Um, cool. Uh, we've exhausted this topic. So our last song of the day. Conspiracy, Conspiracy Cam. So uh, this segment, guys, uh, has been sent in by the lovely at Chalkboard Dust. Which is a great username. Faye, F-A-I. Um, gold star for you, Faye. We'll keep in track. We've also uh, been sent this in by uh, a lady called Kate on email. Uh, Kate, we have your email address. If you're going to get that toaster, we know where to contact you. One gold star for you, Kate. Yes, Kate. Good job. And if Kate, Kate, if you want to uh, tweet at us and say, yo, I'm that Kate in your email, and don't lie about it if there's like a doppelganger Kate out there, because I, I think that like at least two people are named Kate in the world, right? I mean, there's 100,000 Claudias. <laughs> so, so there's probably like three or four Kates. Um, <laughs> it's a joke. Bringing it back. I'm bringing it back to the Claudias. I love it. The Claudias are my favorite. Um, yeah. Okay. So, but if Kate, Kate, if you want to claim your uh, at handle, that would be helpful if you want to win a, a motherfucking toaster. Um, tell us about what this is. Right. Okay. So what this, are we is, talking about? this is really fun. So this is a, a Vice.com article. And the title is, I made my shed, my shed, just 
that's the name of it, the top-rated restaurant on TripAdvisor. Unbelievable. And then served customers Iceland-ready meals on its opening night. Here we go. Once upon a time, long before I began selling my face by the acre for features on Vice.com, I worked other jobs. There was one in particular that really had an impact on me. Writing fake reviews on TripAdvisor. Restaurant owners would pay me 10 pounds and I'd write a positive review of their place despite never eating there. Over time, I became obsessed with monitoring the ratings of these businesses. Their fortunes would genuinely turn and I was the catalyst. This convinced me that TripAdvisor was a false reality, that the meals never took place, that the reviews were all written by other people like me. However, they're not, of course. They're almost all completely genuine. And there was one other factor that seemed impossible to fake. The restaurants themselves. So I moved on. And then one day, sitting in the shed I live in, I had a revelation. Within the current climate of misinformation and society's willingness to believe absolute bullshit, maybe a fake restaurant is possible. Maybe it's exactly the kind of place that could be a hit. And there's a whole video on Vice of this guy on YouTube making this, by the so, way. So, just to backtrack a little bit. Uh-huh. So, TripAdvisor, um, I'm sure everyone knows what TripAdvisor is. Uh-huh. Uh, big website where people can self-review places they've been to. We've It's become a society now where, like, we will not go to a, a restaurant based on a customer's review. Yeah. Mine's mostly something. on... The weird thing is that most of the time, at least in America, I don't know how it is in the UK, but most of the time it's Yelp. That I get, that I would check. Right. So Trip TripAdvisor and Yelp are the same thing, right? They're the same thing, but they're different companies. Okay. But the only difference is that, well, there's not a difference because you can also buy positive people buy positive reviews on Yelp as well. Yelp is known to have but isn't that wild? a shady system as well. I just can't imagine going into a place now and not you know Checking. You, you know when you're looking up a place, you're like, oh, I just want to see like. How it's well, doing. If people like it or not. Yeah. You, that's that's the thing that we all do now. But in the past, people just be like, yeah, I hear it's good. Yeah. Let's go. Let's it's go. It's funny. It's one of those weird things that internet has yeah. introduced. But it's interesting because this is – what we're talking about is a byproduct of mi- misinformation mania, which is like – we've talked about it in the past. We talked about it last week with Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. People just being able to say shit. Like people just being able to say random fucking shit and give the flimsiest backup for it and people believing it. It's wild. Um, but we're going to see how he made the top-rated restaurant in London. Oh, tell me. Okay, tell me. Right? Setting up the shed at Dulwich. April 2017. I think it's Dulwich. Dulwich. Sorry. Oh, look at that British person. Come in here with all that knowledge. Um, this is what the shed looks like. Okay. So for people that obviously can't see the picture, it, it, it literally is a shed. It's a shed with like literally like lawn chairs um, outside. You guys have sheds here, right? You call them sheds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sheds. It's not like a weird English thing. Yeah. Um, okay. To get started, I needed to get verified. And to do that, I needed a phone. One 10-pound burner later... Like, burner phone. You can just throw it away. And the shed at Dulwich officially exists. Now I need to list an address, but doing so makes easy work for any skeptical fact checkers. Plus, I don't technically have a door. Instead, I just list the road and call the shed an appointment-only restaurant. On to my online presence. I buy a domain and build a website. Hotspots are all about quirks. So to cut through the noise, I need a concept silly enough to infuriate your dad. A concept like naming all of your dishes after moods. Yes. So he made all of his meals called things like lust, empathetic, contemplation, no. love, happy. That is amazing. So he basically made Cafe Gratitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is amazing. If you've ever been there in L.A., it's a, it's 
a delicious vegan place, but the naming is so pretentious it makes you want to vomit that delicious food right back up. Um, okay, now some soft focus images of those delicious dishes. Look at this. Okay, so guys, the pictures on Show Me are, are pictures of, and you guys can look at this up and vice yourselves. Yeah, but they we'll, are. We'll tweet out the article so you can see it. They are um, just pictures of a white plate with various different things on them. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Typical classic restaurant shots. Do you know what he made it out of though? What? Do you want to name what you see in that picture, Will? So, in the picture, it looks like he's home. Those are bleach tablets, in case you're wondering. No. Yeah. He used bleach, hand soap, and other, like, household items to make the meals. So he's literally selling you off of bleach. <laughs> like. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. So that the pictures obviously aren't the things that he's actually serving, but they're things that are meant to entice you in. Yeah. And they do look enticing yeah, to it a looks certain like, degree. But So, like, for example. Shaving, the, cr- shaving cream as well. Yeah. So, you know how, like, every, like, gastronomic, like, place, you don't really know what you're eating. When you look at it, it could be anything. Yeah, you're like, that looks arty. Yeah, it just looks like art. And that's what he's done. So, he put, like, two tablets of bleach. Shaving cream. Shaving cream. He put a little bit of hand soap in it, ground some pepper on it, um... Either way, it looks like a very fancy photo, even though it is okay, probably so, made out of shit. Okay, so he did that. Then what was the next step? He had someone actually design a concept logo. It, like, made the menu. The menu okay. is, like, really well designed. He submitted his TripAdvisor forms, and the rest was up to God. On the 5th of May, 2017, he woke up to an email. Hello, we're excited to tell you that your listing request has been approved um, and is on our site for everyone to see. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to let TripAdvisor community know about the shed at Dulwich. Best regards, the TripAdvisor support team. No, TripAdvisor, I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity to let the community know about the shed. So he gets through their advising period. He he makes it in. Well, I guess, you know, they must look at the branding. They must look at the name, the food you're going to be serving. The Shed is such a perfectly pretentious, pretentious name. name. Yep. It's so perfect. The menu items are perfect. Everything's perfect. Um, getting the Shed to number one. I start out ranked at 18,149, the worst restaurant in London, according to TripAdvisor. So I'm going to need a lot of reviews. Reviews written by real people on different computers. So the anti-scammer technology TripAdvisor utilizes doesn't pick up on my hoax. I need convincing reviews like this one. And it's like a big review about Chef's Table. It's got five stars. It's got several paragraphs. Um, so I contacted friends and acquaintances and put them to work. Climbing the ranks. The first couple weeks are easy. We crack the top 10,000 in no time, but I don't expect much in the way of inquiries yet. Then one morning, something extraordinary happens. The shed's burner phone goes off. Startled and hungover, I pick up. Hello? Is that the shed? Yes. I've heard so much about your restaurant. I know it's a long shot as you get booked up quickly, but I don't suppose you have a table tonight? Panicked, I appropriately respond, sorry, but we're fully booked for the next six weeks, and slam down the phone. I'm stunned. A day later, I feel another vibration. A 70th birthday booking, four months in advance, nine people. Unbelievable. Emails? I check my computer. Tens of appointments, requests awaiting. Seemingly overnight, we're now at 1,456. The shed at Dulwick has suddenly become appealing. Over the coming months, the shed's phone rings incessantly. Things are getting a bit out of control. By the end of August, we're at, we're at number 156, and things are starting to get a little out of hand. <laughs> First, companies start using the estimated location of the shed on Google Maps to get their free samples to me. Oh, my God. T-Pig sent them stuff. 
incredible. That's amazing. Okay. Then people who want to work at the shed get in touch in significant numbers. Then an Australian production company gets in touch, saying they want to exhibit us across the world in an aircraft company's in-flight video. <laughs> he includes a picture of himself on the Skype call with this PR agency. He is wearing a fur hat. Oh, my gosh. He gives zero fucks about this. This is the biggest troll in the world. <laughs> and then finally, I have a Skype meeting with a results-hungry, quote-unquote, PR agency that promises to get the shed onto the mail online with a Batman-themed launch and a $200 Lizzie Cundy appearance. I don't know who Lizzie Cundy is, Neither do you? Do I. Okay. The representative calls me obviously pretty cool, which is nice, but ultimately I decided to handle the promotions myself. Winter has arrived, and we're at number 30. <laughs> but that position won't budge, no matter how many reviews I throw at it. Otherwise, though, things have taken a turn. People approach me on the road to ask if I know how to get to the shed, and the phone rings more than ever. And then, one night, I get an email from TripAdvisor. Title, Information Request. Fuck. The game is up. I've been rumbled. My fingers tremble as I open it. 89,000 views in search results in the past day. Dozens of customers asking for information. Why? Well, on the 1st of November 2017, six months after listing the shed at Dulwich online, it's London's top-rated restaurant. A restaurant that doesn't exist is currently the highest ranked in one of the world's biggest cities on no. perhaps the internet's most trusted reviews website. No. On TripAdvisor's website, the company says it dedicates significant time and resources to ensuring that the content on TripAdvisor reflects the real experiences of real travelers. So I get in touch when the whole process is finished to ask how it is that I've managed to sidestep the rigorous checks. Generally, the only people who create fake restaurant listings are journalists and misguided attempts to test us, replies a representative via email. Sort of calling him out a little bit. Oh my gosh. It's sort of a call out. As there is no incentive for anyone in the real world to create a fake restaurant, it is not a problem we experience with our regular community. Therefore, this test is not a real world example. Which is interesting to say, because they're basically saying, well, no one does it to the extent that you did. No, no one does it to the extent, but it's it, like, puts forward the idea that, like, if you have a restaurant that is a, is a bad restaurant, uh -huh. you're selling bad food, uh -huh. and the experience is bad, that you could easily finagle it into, into a seemingly amazing restaurant yeah. online. Which is, which is the whole problem. Yeah. Because it, it means that you could take, yeah. And who do you trust? Like, yeah. how do you trust anything? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's not like he... He's just one guy. Can you imagine an entire restaurant with PR people and, you know, everyone around them able to kind of manipulate the way that people see the restaurant? Yeah. I mean, we already know that's happening. That's why there are P PR people that work for restaurants because you need to have spin for a restaurant to do well. Right, yeah. But now people know they can game the system by just getting like – like we have enough friends to probably blow up a restaurant if we really wanted to. Yeah. We could make the Chick-fil-A in Venice a very important Chick-fil-A. That's so true. You know what I mean? We could do some weird stuff. The representative adds that most fraudsters are only interested in trying to manipulate the rankings of real businesses. So the distinction between attempted fraud by a real business as opposed to attempted fraud for a non-existing business is important. To catch these people out, TripAdvisor uses state-of-the-art technology to identify suspicious review patterns and says, our community, too, can report su suspicious activity to us. So there you have it. It's done. Only it doesn't stop. Oh, no. Yeah. What? So he's been he's been found out. Yeah. He's talked to TripAdvisor about this. They know about this now. I leave the shed's phone at a friend's house over a long weekend, and when I get back, it has 116 missed calls. So I start answering again. Oh, my goodness, a frustrated woman says. I've actually got through. I first contacted you back in August. I've heard nothing back. 
Now I've created this reality, I think. The only thing left to do is make it reality. In just four days, London's best restaurant will come alive. I'm going to open the shed at Dulwich. No, he actually did it? Yep. There's only one way to do it. Recreating the exact location people have been describing in reviews for the past six months. The food reminds them of home? Well, then I serve them what I grew up eating. Ready meals. So just like microwave meals. No. People like the rural yet classy vibe? Well, see that windy house? It's going to be filled with chickens. Like lobsters at an expensive restaurant so people can pick out their chick. I'll fill half the tables with people I know, talking loudly about how delicious everything is. No. Yep. How are we going to achieve the unmistakable ambiance of a real restaurant? By getting a DJ in to play the sounds of real restaurants on CDJs. To work? Windy house. Tidy? Sub-zero temperatures? Extra seating. Like, he's added all these things. He basically made a restaurant in his backyard. And so people came to it? So he goes through. He gets 31 pounds worth of food. For the starter, it's uh, minestrone di vendure. For mains, a choice of truffle mac and cheese or once-in-a-lifetime vegetable lasagna, which is all just ready-to-eat meals. For dessert, the shed chocolate sundae, but they serve it in a mug. One last thing I ask of Phoebe is for her to ask the opinions of every guest privately so they're honest. And with that, my vision has come to life. Guests sit on the roof, sipping mugs of wine. Chickens cluck happily in the windy house, ready to be slaughtered. Actors chomp away on spruced-up $1 ready meals. A DJ pumps out the sound of a restaurant. It looks, sounds, and smells beautiful, and we're ready for our first two guests. Joel and Maria, all the way from sunny California, vacationing in Europe for the first time. Last night they were in Paris, and tonight is their first night in London. Unbelievable. I asked them to put on vinefolds and they look terrified. But after the two actresses who've arrived at the same time agree, they nod. So what was the outcome? These people came to the restaurant. Did they love it? Did they hate it? That's really what I want to know what the end of the story is. Um, basically, the facade did not work. It didn't work? No. Eventually, the restaurant slipped in the rankings like as the night progressed. So 20 people came. Some of them hated it. Some of them, Most of them hated it. Um, so there we go. I invited people into a hastily assembled collection of chairs outside my shed, and they left thinking it really could be the best restaurant in London just on the basis of a TripAdvisor rating. And that's – I think that's the part that's the funniest is that these people legitimately thought that they were going to get like a five-star meal. Yeah. And they got Tesco ready-made meals. Well, everything is about showmanship and how you present something. Yeah. If you were, you know, to big up the shed – Say it's this way, say it's impossible to get in, you finally get in, and then you come, then you have a plate, and on the plate is like a single serving of something, but it's small. Like it's a dollop of cream. It's a dollop of cream, or it's a dollop of like, something, or like a potato. Like it's mm-hmm. a single potato, mm-hmm. but it's like garnished with something. Mm-hmm. And everyone's talking around saying they love it. You eat it and go, yeah, I see why people, like you could almost fool yourself into mm-hmm. thinking, because of where you are, that... This is this is the best potato you've ever had, mm-hmm. but it, I do really think that so much of your your food experience is based on what other people are telling you about yeah, it. Yeah, it's hype and a number of other things. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you've been you have eaten a three star Michelin meal. Yeah, right. You've eaten something delicious, and I'm sure it was delicious. Yeah, because that chef actually knows what he's doing, and it's not a fake restaurant. But I'm sure if someone was like, "Ooh, this isn't this isn't good," you would probably be like. Oh, is it not good? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if someone was like, oh, my God, this is the best lobster asparagus ice cream I've ever had. Yeah. You'd be like, well, he's had more than one. He must yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He must know. You just believe what other people – and, I mean, you're just preying upon the community of people because yeah. people are, you know, likely to believe other people. It's not a shocking revelation that you believe a TripAdvisor thing, although I am so skeptical 
and this article just kind of reinforces it for me, I'm always so skeptical about, like, what things right. are real and right. what things are fake on the right. internet. But there you go, guys. Uh, so next time you want to book in a restaurant, um, maybe take a really good friend's advice and not just uh, the advice of random people online. Yes. You know? Maybe maybe call your dad up and be like, yo, daddy-o, have you been to this restaurant before? It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, odd. Thanks for telling us about that story. <laughs> no problem. Was, Sorry I rambled it was a little really, bit. <laughs> it was really interesting, actually. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it, you, really, it sounds really well written as well. Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah, the guy did an amazing job and writing it. check out the video on Vice for people. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to see it, you can really probably get the atmosphere of what the, the shed really was like. It's just crazy that, like, also people were sending them stuff. and Yeah. It's just crazy that people want to ride the train of success as well. Guys, if you want to send something in, please do. Send stuff in at our Twitter at C-O-M-C podcast. Yes. Uh, you can send us in what you got and get a gold star and be in the running to get a nice toaster. A really fucking cool toaster. You will be so shocked at how cool this toaster is. Um, Yeah, if you want to get a little gold star, a little pat on the back from us, uh, just send us in a couple articles. We're also looking to do more Conspiracy Camp Yep, if you guys have got any more conspiracies, any more treasure hunting stuff, I love talking about it. I would love to hear more stuff about it. Absolutely. Um, And yeah, we'll see you next week as always. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye!